Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and as you uh, probably gathered, for those of you tuning in live, uh, we had a little bit of an audio issue there. It didn't seem to want to uh, phase out like it normally does, um, so my apologies for that. But uh, uh, this is the last show of uh, 2017. This is our, our Christmas special, if you will, and uh, got a great show for you. It's going to be a little bit shorter than normal, guys, uh, for those of you tuning into the broadcast. Uh, we're going to have a, a special Coach's Corner panel uh, to round out the season. And then I'm going to just say, if, uh, have a few uh, thank yous and that at the end of the program, and then we're going to close off. So it's not going to be our usual two-hour uh, broadcast here, just the first hour, and then a little bit longer for me to uh, give some uh, specific thank yous to a number of folks that have been on the show, including the panel, uh, and then we'll be closing off. And I will be uh, broadcasting uh, the first show of 2018 will be in February, uh, on February 8th, excuse me, and uh but Coach's Corner will not start until the first Thursday of March. So uh, just some general uh, broadcasts in the month of February just to get things warmed up, and then we'll be jumping in with the Coach's Corner panel again in March. Uh, so for all of you that have been on the panel uh, this past season and previous seasons, if you're interested, by all means, make sure you reach out to me um, at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com, and I'll make sure I get a copy of the schedule, which I know is a little bit late getting out, uh, and I should have it out to you this weekend, if not uh, the first of next week. But thanks for tuning in, everybody, tonight on the last show of the year. And uh, for those of you that uh, obviously are familiar with how to get there, and those of you who are just here for the first time, uh, let me just remind everybody we are live Thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, best way to find us is go to that link and up in the search key type Golf Talk Live. And uh, if you're not able to join us during the live broadcast, you can just scroll down that page and uh, you can visit the on-demand section, which has all of the previously aired shows uh, in their entirety there as they're all auto-recorded. Uh, you can also uh, jump in and listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher.com. Just go there into the podcast section, and again, just type in Golf Talk Live and you'll find us there as well. Uh, always want to hear from you. You're welcome to call in uh, during the live broadcast. Uh, 646-716-4667 is the number to call. Uh, or you can email any questions or comments to me personal, uh, personally excuse me, to ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, and obviously update through all social media, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, uh, all of the social media there. You can find it either under Golf Talk Live blog or uh, under my name personally, Ted Odorico. Uh, and my Twitter handle is Ted and Buck, CEO, COB in capital letters. So lots of ways to, to connect through there as well. As I said, I've got a great show tonight. I've got three uh, 
very uh, great gentlemen that have been on the show many, many times, uh, John Hughes, James uh, Kyle, and, of course, Pete Buchanan. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them, and then I'm going to bring you on, or bring them on excuse me, to the show, and then we'll have uh, what will be our, our last Coach's Corner panel of the 2017 season. So let me just tell you a little bit about each of them. Uh, first up, of course, is John Hughes. He's a PGA Master Professional, and now the newly appointed president, no longer the vice president, of the North Florida PGA section. Uh, he's also a recipient of the 2013 PGA of America Horton Smith uh, Award, and he's also a top 30 instructor and contributor to Golf Tips magazine. Uh, also next on the panel is James Kyle. He's a PGA professional and owner of the James Kyle Golf Academy, and he was the 2014 West Central Chapter PGA Teacher of the Year, uh, as well as the 2012 West Central Chapter PGA Junior Golf Leader of the Year, and received an honorable mention uh, in 2011 from the U.S. Kids golf as a top 50 instructor and uh, teacher rather and then rounding out the panel of course is another uh, great professional and that would be pete uh, buchanan and he is the founder and director of instruction and owner of plain simple golf llc which of course houses the plain simple golf circuit and the simple swing repeater training brace and pete has been teaching over the last 30 years uh, doing a great job simplifying his golf swing philosophy in order to make it simple for players to play this game just like you out there listening tonight. So we're glad to have everybody here. And guys, welcome to the last Coach's Corner panel of uh, 2017. Thank you, Ted. Ted. Great to be here. Thanks, Ted. All right. Glad to – you're very welcome, guys. Glad to get everybody uh, on board and uh, glad to get everything <laughs> everything out. Um, all right, guys, as I said to you just briefly off air, we're going to have kind of a light discussion tonight um, just because it is the last show of the year and – I know we've covered a lot of great things throughout the year. So, um, Pete, I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind, and then John and then James, and then we'll kind of rotate it out. Um, these are some questions I actually had uh, for the previous panel uh, of guests that were on that uh, I thought were applicable for this time of year, and I just thought I would throw them into you guys as well just to get your thoughts and, and, uh, and sort of feedback as well. So the first one, uh, Pete, as I said, I'm going to start with you. What has been the biggest improvement that you've seen among your students this year um and it can be sort of a general uh theme if you will and also what has been the most difficult for your students do you think to grasp this season yeah really i have to go first um i think uh i think the biggest thing for all of my students um has been uh, basically ball control um, through what I've developed with the, the simple swing repeater and the swing program, um, they're all pretty well, you know, uh, excited at how, how much ball control they have and how much straighter they can hit it um, and how much more solid they can hit it and in a very short period of time. So I think that's probably, you know, the, the biggest thing that I've seen with all, all the students. And the, I, I think that the toughest one, boy, you know, I haven't had – I. I'm not trying to brag or anything. I haven't had too many things that have been too tough, but I think probably um, I had a couple of cases where I thought, you know, I, I probably could have got them to, to hit it a little bit, a little bit better and a little bit faster than I did. You know, right. we run into those every now and then, but the ones that kind of, you know, throw you for a loop and, and you know, you, you're looking at it and you say, this is what I have to do when you do that. And that doesn't work. And so, um, right. you know, you got to sort of backtrack and, you know, go back through the system again and try to figure it out. So for me, I think that was probably the toughest one was, you know, looking at, looking at a couple of players and, and going with what I thought was 
correct, and, and unfortunately, it didn't work. So, uh, fortunately, in the right, end, we got them doing what we needed to do. So, right, and that just goes to show, and, and as we all know, uh, as professionals, that you know every student is different. Uh, what sometimes might work for one student doesn't necessarily work for for everybody. So you have to kind of mix it up and play it around. Was there any area of the game, though, Pete, that you can think of, uh, whether it be the short game, uh, maybe? bunker play specifically or or any areas of the game that uh, on average or maybe uh, you had some students that really had difficult uh, you know uh, grasping that can is there anything more specific like that that you can think of offhand or was it pretty much uh, generally uh, good to go for, for all the way around you know I think another another part is is basic course management you know a lot of them just don't mm-hmm. they, they don't see the concept of you know you really shouldn't hit a driver on this hole and you know it's well it's yeah. you know it's the tee shot, I'm supposed to hit a driver. Well, it's not really conducive to trying to score on it. So I think a lot of times that can be difficult too, trying to get them to understand that, you know, there's actually a better way to play this hole than, you know, what the, what the status quo is. It'll be easier for you to score better mm-hmm. if you make these changes. So I think that uh, it, you can run into some difficulties there a lot with course management. Yeah, and I would agree. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, um, Pete and, and, and John and Kyle is – or James, sorry, is that, um, you know, a lot of people forget that they're there to play the game. It's not just all about ball striking. It's not just about hitting the perfect shot. You're there to um, actually play the game. Um, so so as you're, you're right, Pete, you know, course management and and, um, and that sort of thing is, is, is critical uh, for, for playing your best rounds. Um, John, what about you? What about some of the biggest improvements through through many of your students? Did you notice this year, and what were some of the difficult areas that uh, uh, that you were working on that that you found some some struggles with? Uh, I think the the biggest breakthroughs that I see people make year in year out is realizing that if they spent just a little bit more time on short game in general, that it buys them time to make the more uh, let's call it more difficult skill improvements that are more ball striking, more full swing in nature that when you can, as Pete said, sort of play your, your way around the golf course a little smarter, a, a little bit more efficiently, and then have one, what just one or two better short game shots. It doesn't really take a, an entire round, but one, two, three, maybe even four better short game shots that you have in your arsenal. Now, all of a sudden, you take the pressure off your ball striking and you're able to spend more time uh, enjoying the game, first off. Second, your practice just changes. Uh, The way you utilize your practice time, the way you budget your practice time, uh, the the way you put everything together you there's more time to get the more difficult things done. Uh, when someone finally finds that out, it's it's a eureka moment for them. Right. And and what about the difficult uh, areas? Were there anything specific that uh, that you found a lot of your students were, were struggling with this year? Was there any particular that you can think of? And maybe in the short game, as you said, or um, putting even. Uh, what about that? Was there anything that you can think of? Well, the biggest thing that comes to mind is uh, their expectations and what their expectations Mm -hmm. are versus what they can, in a reality sense, perform. Uh, Not only from a skill standpoint of view, but probably from a fitness standpoint of view, that 
if the suppleness, the, the dexterity, the flexibility, the, the core strength and stability isn't there, then there's you're going to have some limitations. You're going to have some restrictions. You, I mainly see that in males uh, versus females. Sure. Females are a little bit more accepting of the fact that, hey, okay, I've got some limitations. Well, help me get through those. Help me sideswipe those or, or work around them where uh, the more competitive person, particularly the male, is, well, you know, I'm a bull in a china shop. I'm a, I, don't, I don't need that anyway. Uh, that ex- that right. kind of expectation can certainly lead to some failure down the road somewhere, but in yeah. particular on the lesson T with your coach, you know, I, I let them go ahead and fail. Uh, it, it's okay to let them fail. You learn some of the best lessons in life by failing. So having that yep. happen on the course, having that happen on the range isn't a bad thing. I wouldn't necessarily say it's something that people continually struggle with. It, it's uh, It's the people that come that have some realistic expectations of what they believe they can do versus what they can actually do. Uh, that That's probably the biggest thing I see year in, year out, this year being no different. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point, John. You're exactly right. I think a lot of people come to the Lesson T um, with unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, they're, they're expecting that, you know, the professional they're working with is going to clear uh, and, and um, you know, fix all of the problems, um, you know, with the wave of a magic wand, sort of speak. And a lot of times, some of the issues uh, are a little bit more in-depth. Some of them take a little bit more fine-tuning. And what a lot of people don't realize is they have to play a role as well. It's not just a matter of us. I mean, we can show them and explain to them what they're doing wrong and, and what can help them. But if they're not willing to put the efforts uh, in, then they're not going to notice that. And then that's really where they, they fall short in their expectations because they come in with unrealistic expectations, thinking that, you know, they're going to find some, some Band-Aid solution uh, to what their problem is. And it may be more complex than that. Um, James, what about you? Um, biggest improvements with your students this year? Anything that you can think of? And uh, what were some difficult areas that, that you found tough to, to, uh, to you know, deal with your students this year? Was there, was there anything specific? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say that, especially in the last few years, uh, what's improved the most is knowledge, I think. I think that uh, there are many things that we've learned over the years, and we're slowly learning that some of those things may not have been as accurate as we used to. And so I, I think the students are smarter now. Uh, than they were mm-hmm. before, at least, at least, you know, that we're, I think we're teaching, our teaching is more efficient, they're learning faster. Uh, I'm not sure if really, it would be fair to say that, you know, all handicaps are dropping as fast as other. Uh, yeah, I think that they're, they're smarter, they're, they're practicing better. They are, uh, listening and improving, uh, and really, I think that that's different now. You know, the information, especially with the internet, is is so much better. Right. Uh, although, you know, I know I haven't uh, talked to John Hughes in a really long time. We'll chop here at the end <laughs> to talk a bit, but uh, 
Uh, he's actually a huge reason why I'm doing exactly what I'm doing now. He may not know it, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just good information out there. There's obviously, you know, everyone's looking at YouTube. I ran into a guy today who is, you know, he's been watching YouTube and learning to play. You know, some of the information is great, maybe not so great here and there. But knowledge, I, I think for me, that's the big deal uh, that I feel they are better now. They're smarter. Uh, and you asked yeah. about like a negative. Uh, well, yeah, not so much I, a negative. I, I, I mean, what... obviously, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you in, in the sense that I think the students in today's uh, market are able to absorb, uh, I think would be a good word, uh, absorb the information more effectively, perhaps. Um, but yeah, not so much a negative, James, but just. Uh, you know, there's always areas of the game that we all have difficulty trying to, you know, some people it might be for the for their bunker play, it might be the short game in general, whatever it might be. Was there any area that, that you noticed, um, and I, won't, I don't want to use the word trend, um, but that you had the most difficult with your students in getting them to grasp or understand? I'd say, you know, ball flight. Um everyone is still showing up feeling that they have to draw the golf ball. And if it, if it, the ball at all in the air is falling to the right, you know, for a right-handed player falling left for a lefty, uh, that it's a negative that they are, they are not hitting a good golf shot. Uh, and so I would say that ball flights are still, you know, even, you know, obviously lots of great shots can be hit hitting the fade. Uh, mm-hmm. but that, that seems to be a really big deal almost every day. And even whenever a player isn't, well, when they are not achieving, you know, left a draw type ball flight, they feel like there's failure, even though they may actually be performing very well. So that, that I would say that's probably the most difficult thing for me. You know, what's interesting about that is a great, great point. What's interesting about that guys, uh, what, what James brings up, is when you look at somebody like Jack Nicholas, who really made his his career off hitting the fade, um, and you know obviously as we know that hitting a draw will um, in most cases when hit successfully does carry the ball a little bit further um, than than hitting a fade. But yet, you know, arguably one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player uh, in, in history so far, made his game successfully in in hitting a fade. And for a very short period of time, in fact, it was probably only about a year uh, where he actually changed, tried to make some substantial changes to his swing through, um, and I don't recall the gentleman's name at the time, but where he was encouraged to hit more of a draw, uh, he actually played terrible. So he went back to what he knew. So you're right, James, in in saying that. I think that a lot of people are, I mean, certainly it's great if you can hit a draw, um, but I think if you put that uh, in the forefront as a main focus, uh, and, and equate that with success on the golf course, um, that may not be your natural ball flight. You may be uh, a fader of the ball, and a, there's a lot of factors that come into that. It's not just uh, club face pa- uh, direction and, and, and so forth. Sometimes it's how we swing the, the club. Some people just naturally do not have a good draw swing uh, and aren't able to duplicate the things necessary as effectively as they might uh, in trying to hit a fade. So um, there's a lot of factors involved. Uh, some great points, guys. Um, John, I want to bounce back to you on this next question and then uh, James and then Pete. Um, Now, I asked you guys 
a moment ago what was some of the biggest improvements that you saw amongst your students and and some of the most difficulties but I want to ask you now and and John I'm going to start with you uh, what did you take away from working with your students this year what were some of the lessons that you took away that helped you uh, to become a better teacher that you think are going to help work towards a more even more successful 2018 uh, I'll reiterate some things that James said. They they come a little bit. They come to you just a little bit more educated now with all the different stimuli and and distractions they have with YouTube and Golf Channel and all the other things that are out there. They do come just a little bit more educated. Uh, so the the preparation ahead of time. I'm probably putting a little bit more into, say, in 17 than, say, in 16. And it's not preparation as far as getting things set up for them or such. It's it's literally, to use a, another sports uh, term, it's film study or it's uh, communication study. Like the NFL players are constantly in the film room, not only looking at their own performance, but looking at their opponent's performance. I find myself going back to flight scope numbers a little bit more often or maybe going to a older video of the same student, say, two or three years ago and double-checking progress, double-checking benchmarks that are there because they're just that much more knowledgeable. With the newer students, their knowledge is what I'm finding I'm doing more of is organizing their knowledge. They're, they're coming with a lot of different stimuli from a lot of different places and it's all good whereas in the right. past it would be sort of scattered uh, now it's not as much scattered as much as is there's no organization to it meaning uh, the sequence in which they put that knowledge to work isn't necessarily the most efficient sequence for them maybe they've got one thing out of order that throws everything else out of order and when that happens, it's a lot easier to get some things done immediately, which has been good. Uh, the other thing I've learned off of every student, I continually learn this. I think we as coaches have to push ourselves to learn each and every day. Uh, and one of the things I've, I see constantly is not necessarily that not everybody's the same so much as everybody has a different way of saying the same thing. Uh, it's it, right. it's sort of like learning multiple different languages. But instead of learning multiple different languages, it's it's multiple different labels based on who the person is in front of me. One person may call a draw a hook. Uh, I'm not going to sit right. here and try to correct them on it. I'll let them say that because if that's what they visualize and if that's how they see themselves doing something, it's much easier to work off of their constant versus try to change their constant uh it, they, yeah. it's, you get you get to the finality you get to the fi to the end game a lot sooner than versus trying to have have to correct them on what yeah. may or may not be happening right well said um and and i think you know if i if i understand correctly i think really you know part of what you had said there is that they're coming better prepared, which obviously helps your job uh, become a little bit easier 
uh, in, in working with them. When, you know, the more prepared students come to a lesson tee, um, I think the better um, the overall lesson can be. And, and that doesn't mean that, you know, obviously new uh, golfers and beginning golfers sometimes uh, might have some things that, uh, that they aren't familiar with yet. But I think the more, the more savvy uh, that the, the students are and knowledgeable about the game in general, um, I think helps to make our job a little bit easier. Pete, what about you? Um, what what uh, what things did you take away from working with your students uh, that maybe this past season that uh, are going to help you for next season? What was there anything that you can think of in addition to maybe what John already talked about um, that uh, your students working with your students this year uh, is going to give you uh, maybe some thoughts or, or pause to to uh, make some changes or or to uh, increase uh, your success next year? Well, you know, for me, as you and I have talked about time and time again, I mean, I've always prided myself on, on keeping things pretty simple. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of information out there and the guys have been talking about all the information. The students are better prepared. You know, there's biomechanics, there's, you know, science, everything that's been being tossed out there. But I think the one thing that, that I've taken away and it's, it's the credit to my students is that, you know, they're always saying, Hey, we want it as simple as possible. We're not really interested Mm -hmm. in in trying to talk about anything other than the the simple concepts that you've always given to us. And so to me, I'm actually going to try to go into 2018 to make it an even more simple. I'm trying to to look at everything that I do and see if I can't simplify it down even more. I mean, I think I've done, you know, a pretty good job, but you know, that's the, that's the <laughs> resounding theme I'm getting is, you know, uh, we want it as simple as possible. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into, you know, all this, you know, all the terminology and everything. I just want to know ball flight cause and effect. That's all I want to know. And that's what I've been doing for, you know, over 30 years. So uh, to me, it's just, you know, going back to the drawing board and saying, okay, I mean, here's, it's plain, simple golf. How do we make it simpler? Uh, how do we how do we get the concept so it's it's even easier to do? And so for me, that's what I'm taking away uh, in in from this past season is you know really working at trying to just you know detail the concepts down and make it uh, make it so it's, it's as simple as I can do it. Yeah, and that's a great point. And and you know what what's what's funny about that, Pete is and, and let me just go back for a second real quick. I apologize, James, that you were supposed to go next. <laughs> I uh, that's okay. misspoke and, and had Pete go, but, that, but that's okay. But let me just say this quick point real quick while, I, while it's in my mind before it, it drifts like next, uh, next year. Um, last evening, I, I happened to be watching a little bit on the Golf Channel. Uh, might have been late afternoon. But anyways, uh, I think it was the Champions uh, Learning Center uh, segment, and John Daly was on, and he was talking about that very thing. He said one of the things that really disturbs him about the modern-day teaching is that there's been too much, especially over the last you know, several years, that there has been too much emphasis, uh, not only with the technology, but really making things very difficult for students to, to really understand and grasp. And he said that very, you know, those very key words about really keeping it simple. And he talked about some of the things that he does himself um, to, to just, you know, he takes his backswing, you know, low and slow, uh, especially with his driver, um, and he waits till that club head, he can see it in his left eye before he knows it's time to go back. Now, obviously, John takes a much bigger backswing than most folks out there, but, um, but he has a very simple approach. He's not thinking about 20,000 different things. And, you know, this is a guy that's, you know, obviously played out on tour for a number of years, has certainly had some success. 
And he, and he said really that this is something that a lot of pros, even pros sometimes have difficulty with this, that there's just too much emphasis on um, trying to make everything perfect and giving too much information. Um, and he said, quite frankly, he said, I really don't care. Now, that's obviously him personally so much about the swing speed or ball speed or, you know, RPM, this sort of thing. He says, the numbers really don't mean anything. He says, I know by how my ball reacts uh, and how I put the club face on the ball, whether or not I'm getting the results I want and ball flight and so forth. So, you know, he's in agreement with you, Pete, that, you know, I think keeping it simple is, is key. And I think it's something that we can all uh, understand and, and learn from. Um, that doesn't mean that we can't use some of the, some of their information and, and that we should just throw it away but I think we have to put it in its proper place and not get too wrapped up in the hyperbole of, of technology and, and some of the, the difficult teaching methods that have been presented out there um, because it's obviously not having a positive effect with, with students in, in every case. So, um, James, what about you? What, what are you going to take away from this past season, do you think, uh, that, that's going to help you work towards uh, making a better season for your students and for you? I have learned that with especially with all the technology that's available and what I use to teach with you know, nearly every day and you know some of it is obviously advanced information and I don't have a really uh, expensive launch monitor but I have a, a a lesser expensive one but to to answer your question there with all the information that you get back whenever you're uh using a blast motion or using a earnest sports or even a flight scope or track man of all those details i'm learning that there's only you know probably less than a handful that really matter day to day right uh, that you know today i was working with a, a guy that's actually training but he's also a good a good player he's like an eight handicap and you know he wanted a putting lesson and so while you know, my blast motion gives me geez, like 17 metrics of answers, you know, of all these things that are going on, you know, while he's rolling the ball with a putter. But we only worked on two details. And, mm -hmm. You know, one was uh, his backswing length and face rotation. And it was funny, you know, how we started. He was really closed at impact two and a half degrees on average and a really short backswing from 10 feet. And once I asked him to actually make his backswing longer and we tried to match up some numbers uh, to how much the face was opening on the backswing, his numbers came to 0, 0.0 like numerous times. And so, you know, I could, we could sit talk about all the other details, but I'm learning myself that even though those details are there, I, you know, I did at the beginning because there's so much excitement with this information that's coming out. But at the end of the day, a bunch of it you just don't need. So going forward as I, you know, if I'm working on putting or full swing or what, and rhythm, uh, literally each lesson as I've been doing this stuff now for a couple of years with the technology, is I, I give less and less information. The lesson is much more efficient. We, we get results much faster. And then, you know, when it's time for our next lesson, if, if we have a next lesson, uh, sometimes we talk about the same thing, but maybe, maybe we don't. And so that's really it. You know, I would say, uh, less is more, you know, it's good. Yes. And, uh, just, and like Pete says, and John, John too, I know John uses flight scope and, uh, you know, you just, you give up. 
little bit that you need to get your results and to make sure your student can leave with it and, and make it happen. Right. Well said. And, and, you know, I think there's, a, as you just pointed out, uh, James, I think there's certainly a common thread um, with everybody out there. And I think the, the common thread is this, that sometimes keeping it simple yields the, the better, the best results. Um, you know, I, I look at it this way and I, and I, I try to put myself in a, in a student's position um, when I think of these things. You know, if I was sitting there, and just as you pointed out, James, you know, here your, your um, technology is giving you, you know, 17 different points to look at. If I was sitting for a, you know, 30-minute or even an hour lesson, and we were going through 17 different points, it wouldn't take very long for me to become very bored because there's a lot of data <laughs> right. there and also confused. And I think this is one of the criticisms that I've had for a long time. I, listen, make no mistakes, folks, for those of you tuning in to the, tonight uh, to the show. Uh, I, I'm all for technology. I love technology. It, it is exciting. It's interesting. It's innovative. And there are a lot of benefits to it. But I think that we have to be mindful. And we've talked about this, guys, many, many times on the show. And we'll continue to talk about it, I'm sure, that – you know, we have to be mindful that although there might be a few students out there that want to crunch the numbers, the majority of people just want to learn how to play better and have fun. As John, you've you said many times in the show, fun is the key word. And if they're caught up in all of the data-driven uh, advice and, and, and teaching that's made available to the point where they're getting confused or overwhelmed, suddenly you've taken the joy out of that student's learning. I mean, if you think back to when we were in school, you know, some of the most in, enjoyable um, moments in school were, of learning, when when you're learning something that was simple, but yet it was exciting and it was interesting. But if you sat through the classroom and, you know, you were talking about history, there might be points of history that were interesting. But if you got into every minutia and detail of that history, for the most part, it became very daunting and overwhelming and difficult to remember and it became very boring and I think that's something that happens in, in all areas of life but particularly has happened here in our industry over the last several years and that's uh, I think something as Pete pointed out as well that we have to dial down and really keep it simple I think people have a more uh, interesting time um, again great answers guys uh, another question since everybody sort of um, talked about a little bit uh, I want to bring this in and just get some some general thoughts. And, and James, I'm going to take a deep breath. We're going to start with you, and then I'll go to Pete, and then John. Sure. Um, there has been a yeah, there has been a lot of golf marketing and mass social media being presented to the average golfer, as we we all acknowledge. But James, in your opinion, what misconceptions, if any, in in your opinion, are being circulated around today? And that can be through social media, uh, again, YouTube. It doesn't matter what uh, what medium it's coming from. There's obviously a lot of misinformation. Is there anything in, in general? Uh, again, we don't necessarily have to get specific, and we definitely have to get into the who's and the what's and the where's, uh, but anything that you can think of that's maybe circulating around that, in your opinion, you don't think is really be being beneficial to the golfers out there that's really going to help them in the long run? Ooh, oh, my goodness, that's a good question. I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I would say the most interesting stuff socially right now are probably the uh, disagreements <laughs> uh, from yeah. group to group 
uh, and and some of the discussions that go on uh, by both uh, professionals and by amateurs uh, on on what things should look like and and you know yeah so I say that's probably the the probably the toughest thing right now is that publicly uh, especially when it comes to golf instruction there are you know uh, different if you will, that are have really come to light here in the last couple of years on, especially when it comes to biomechanics and stuff, uh, on what some are saying are happening, and and there's confusion, definitely confusion. Right. Uh, I know Pete uh, is involved in a bunch of these groups. John, I'm not sure about you. Are you in any any of the Facebook forums and stuff with the instruction? Uh, I am part of them but i don't participate based on your exact answer the the yeah yeah the discord <laughs> is so it can be very vicious and acidic yeah, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely it it alienates some people uh it yeah. alienates not only coaches it's going to alienate potential clients sure. uh, it, yep. it is interesting reading uh, I, I will read from time to time, especially when I know when it's a good friend posting what they have to say. Uh, but I learned early on, it's just, uh, I wasn't gaining any traction or credibility with the people that matter to me. And that's my clients. Uh, right. it wasn't, right. it wasn't bringing me more clients either. It was, if anything, it was showing that, uh, that I, that I wanted to be more debatable than agreeable. And, and I think at the end of the day, from a coach's standpoint of view, it's not that you're agreeable. You're agreeable to meet your student halfway and get them down the road where they want to. Uh, yep. That is part of where they get their education, though. Uh, so I, I am mindful of that as a informational source. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, Ted, Ted, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, so, uh, and I know because you're in some of the groups too. You see uh, some of the stuff, uh, you know, in these groups. Uh, th- there's in there, and things are being shared from uh, one group to another, and you know, there's little battles taking place. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, if they're suffering, are folks confused? I would imagine that uh, folks, you know, maybe not a bunch of them, but some are confused, even golf instructors, you know, especially the younger ones that are, uh, you know, needing to learn uh, and, and their learning uh, needs to be positive uh, so they can, you know, be able to go in front of their client and, and feel confident about uh, for them. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we're all in agreement that, uh, you know, that's one area. Um, Pete, I know that, uh, you know, as, as, as I am and, and John and, and, and James, I know we're in a lot of these groups. Uh, I, for one, much like John, you know, I will certainly uh, observe what's going on, but I, I refrain from jumping in on a lot of the, the dialogue for, for a couple of reasons. You know, uh, obviously I, I have my show that I, or shows, should I say in plural, that I use as my platform to um, share. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in sharing knowledge with one another um, not only in our profession, but to ultimately uh, our end game, which is the students. And to me, 
I think it's okay to disagree, um, but I think as professionals, it's not okay um, when personal attacks of, of that nature become very apparent. I think it's a dis, uh, not only a disservice um, to the industry as a whole, um, but it, it, it discredits the individuals that are making the, the posts. Um, I've seen everything from general questions get ripped apart to people that have specifically um, set up uh, an opportunity to invite. In other words, they're antagonistic uh, in their approach when they make certain posts, knowing knowing full well. To me, and and the sad part of it is there have been a number of people who who I know um, and who actually, I'll be quite honest, who have been guests on the show that have done that. And it, 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 you know, I'm certainly not going to, you know, disassociate or, or dislike the individuals for, for their opinions. But I think that they need to take a step back and, and look at what this is doing, not only to their own uh, reputations, but also to the industry as a whole. Because as if I was somebody on the outside, uh, you know, just Joe Schmo that wasn't involved in the industry, and I saw this type of hyperbole going back and forth... I think I would be very concerned that there's some form of dysfunction within within that uh, profession, and it would be, make me less inclined to want to reach out to uh, a professional, um, you know, knowing that goes on. And that's why it bothers me a little bit when I see that. Um, I didn't mean to take away from the other guys, but Pete, any any thoughts you want to add, or are you pretty much I think agree with with what's been said, or is there anything that you can think of? Um, let, maybe Pete, let me just stop you for a second before you answer. Um, what about golf marketing? This is another area too, um, and I'm talking about marketing of products and things like that. We've seen this for years. Um, any thoughts on that area as well that, that maybe um, have circulated around today that maybe there's been some misconceptions? I know some we've talked about. Um, Pete, go ahead. Well, I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, you know, it's it's time that, that we as a profession, you know, start to, you know, stop stop the bickering and, and continue the teaching. And that's really what it's all about. You know, everybody's out there yep. trying to say, you know, I'm, I'm the only one that's right. I'm right and everybody else is wrong. No, that's just not the right. case. It's just not the case. So you need to right. stop it. So we, we need as an industry to, to get behind that. Um, you know, marketing, uh, you see it all the time. I mean, everybody's product is the greatest and you'll, lose 100, you'll hit it 100 yards further and you'll, you'll lose 50 strokes. And, <laughs> you know, I mean <laughs> – Everything's out there. I mean, but and that's what it is. I mean, everybody's going to pitch it. You know, it, it. Just look at our world today. It, it's nothing's nothing's really on the truth. It's all about, you know, how can we bend it as far yep. as we can to get people to listen. And the proof is always right. going to be in the pudding. I mean, if they're going to get your product, they're going to find out right away whether it's good or not. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, it's the the proof is always going to be in the results, and that's really what this is all about. It's all about results. What results are you getting? You know, you don't have to. You know write a scientific paper to prove that you took some guy from a 15 handicap to a 10. It's just there. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to have all that documented. Um, we just have to keep doing our jobs and making, making golfers better. I mean, the, the polls say that, you know, 1.8 out of 10 golfers are taking lessons. That's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. And when they go on Facebook and they get on these groups, Hey, I'm going to look for some help. And they're just battling each other back and forth and calling each other names and I'm right, you're wrong, this system doesn't work, your system doesn't work, why would you even bother contacting these people? I mean, that's what it boils down to, and that's yeah. what the masses are doing. And everybody says, well, we don't, 
we're only talking to golf instructors. No, the masters are watching. They're listening. They're in these groups. Sure they are. They see what's going on. So, you know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs that it's come to this. We've got different camps fighting with each other because everybody wants to be right. The only, the only thing you have to be right with is the person that's in front of you. And that's it. The one that you're teaching right now, right at this time is the only one you have to be right with. And that's really what it boils down to. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's um, it's sometimes it's comical, but um, it's it's a little bit disheartening at the same time. The, the yeah, other thing it I is. Throw and, in there, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, John. The other thing no, I'll go ahead. throw in there, if you are a, uh, a student, you know, or just a general golfer, you got to sort of ask the question. I bet you a lot of them are. Wow if this person has the time to be debating whether they're right or wrong, <laughs> what they must not be spending a lot of time teaching, uh, coaching. And that's, totally I, I find that quite interesting yeah. uh, that, that the, all these people are saying they're so busy yet. Uh, they're constantly posting. I, I, I put my phone away during the day. If I'm using it, it's on my belt right. to count my steps. Uh, yeah, it, right. it's very difficult to post and coach at the same time. You know, that's that's yeah. ultimately to me that's the question: Are you coaching or are you posting? I asked that right. question on uh, I, I, how long ago. I was like, how how could you be teaching? You're on you're on you're posting all day long. What is <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, that I agree, and and you know I think what happens is, and and I know you know we're we're trying to have a little fun with this, but. You know, you're exactly right, John, and you actually kind of stole my point because I was gonna make, that was the point I was going to make next, and that's so true. That is there there are a lot of individuals that I see, and and we know some of them, I'm sure, jointly, guys, that make regular postings throughout the day. I mean, it, you know, it's one thing at night after hours. Uh, I get it. You know, people are home and you know they want to see what's happening on social media. I guess, but when it's happening throughout the day and you see the timeline of posting. It makes you wonder that if they've got that much, you know, information to provide and, and criticism and critiques of, of how things should be done, how are they going to know whether they're right or not if they're never out there actually implementing anything they're talking about because they're too busy making posts through social media? So I say, you know what? Before you knock something, try it. I've said this to many people before who – Bingo. Uh, and, I, and this is – this is my go-to that I say, and I'll, I'll throw my sister under the bus. <laughs> um, you know, years ago, my, my sister, she's about three years older than I am, and, and we were sitting, and I was actually funny enough watching the Masters one day, and she said to me, she made the comment, she says, I don't get it. And I, I said, don't get what? And she said, I just don't understand what the appeal is. Now, I thought at first she was talking about, you know, just watching golf, but it was about golf. She just didn't understand. She'd never played the game before, never really been to a driving range, and, and really didn't understand the concept. And, you know, uh, you know, why do you want to chase some stupid little white ball around? And it, it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I wouldn't have done this to another person, but being my sister, I, I knew I could get away with it. I got a little bit upset with her, I'll be honest. And I said, look, I said, you know, be quiet over there. I wasn't quite as nice as that, but I said, be quiet over there. <laughs> If you've never played the game and you've never tried it, you don't have the right to criticize. I said, when you can go out there and say you've given it an honest effort 
and then you don't like it, I said, then you, you have that, that right to make that comment. But I said, don't criticize or, or pass judgment on something that you've never done. And I would say that uh, point to the, to the instructors and coaches out there that are battling back and forth through social media. If you haven't actually uh, implemented something or put it into practice to really know for sure whether it's right or wrong or uh, you're in agreement with it, then you really shouldn't make comments just because you're trying to get more likes or, or get uh, draw attention to yourself. That to me is just unprofessional. And uh, I'm going to take it one step further and then I want to move on. There is going to come a point in time if it's not already happening, but the governing bodies, if you will, whether it be the PGA or whether it be the USDTF or, or other organizations out there, TPI, that are going to start monitoring much like employers do uh, for their you know, potential employees, that are going to start monitoring this. And as we all know in our code of ethics, um, we are to maintain a certain professionalism. And that doesn't mean we can't disagree from time to time. But when there becomes clear evidence of whether it be abuse or what have you uh, through social ma media platforms, that does those organizations discredit as well as you and your other fellow professionals. And there's going to come a point in time where there are going to be repercussions for that type of activity. And I hope it comes sooner than later because maybe it'll put an end to it and get people on the right track. And that is working together for a common goal. And that is to get more people drawn to the game, having fun and getting enjoyment out of it. And we're not going to certainly do that if we're continually battling back and forth uh, in a public forum. Um, that's my final thought on it. If anybody else wants to add one more thing, uh, by all means, otherwise uh, we'll move on. We, we good? <laughs> we're good. Yeah, that was a, that was a great point. Okay, um, I'm going to jump off my soapbox now. I got another I got another question for you. This is the last show of the year, so I'm going to have a little fun uh, with it. Um, I, I want to, uh, and I'm trying to think of who's uh, who's first here. But uh, uh, Pete, l l I'm going to go with you, or no, actually James, I'm going to go with you. Um, I'll give you the first crack at this, uh, and then uh, John, and then Pete. I'll let you wrap up uh, with this question. Um, for all of our listeners out there who maybe have never played before um, but are interested in learning to play maybe for 2018, they want to get started, they're, they've been maybe listening to the show, they've been reading uh, some information, maybe watching the Golf Channel, never played and thought, ah, this is something I want to try. I want us to put together a checklist uh, and, and each of you, you know, throw some thoughts and you don't have to do a complete checklist but maybe a couple things uh, of what you would put together together to give them the best start. So if you were had your, this particular individual in your hot little hands for a few moments and they indicated an, an willingness and an eagerness to learn and take up the game of golf, what would that checklist entail that you would put together that they would need to do? And, and it's not just necessarily we're talking about instruction. We might be talking other areas. It could be equipment. It could be um, what would you do to get them to give them a good start, a running start? Uh, James, I'll go with you first. Always offer uh, all the brand new beginners who don't have anything that I will provide everything for them so that they don't have to worry about going out and spending money to buy clubs that we're not sure are going to be the correct ones yet. And, you know, I try to get them, if, if it's possible, uh, you, know, you know, like a, a, a beginner's golf little camp, uh, and just get them out to the club, uh, learn how to hit the ball as quickly as possible. And, and I, I know in the past we've talked about this a tiny bit, but uh, I love getting them onto the golf course as soon as possible, and sometimes that's even the first lesson. Uh, 
depending on the time of day and really there's no other players around where you can get them out onto the property to really feel uh, and get a sense of the beauty of what golf really is and how wonderful it can be. So checklist-wise, uh, you know, they can show up in tennis shoes. They don't have to go and crazy and, and spend a lot of money. You know, you want to be properly dressed. Uh, no need to buy golf clubs just yet. I'm going to always provide that at the very beginning until we're ready to make that purchase and make the purchase that's good for their investment. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, well, good start to it. Um, John, what about yourself? Uh, what are some things that you want to do? Um, you know, you might even meet somebody, uh, you know, through the Christmas holidays and your travels and uh, start up a conversation. They understand what you do now, and uh, maybe they've expressed an interest to you uh, in wanting to maybe take up the game. What are some things that you're going to put down in a checklist that you're going to give to them uh, or discuss with them and say, this is what you should do uh, to, to really get a running start? Uh, first thing I ask them before I make the list is why haven't you started? Uh, most people are reluctant. They're fearful yep. of starting. So it's, hey, just go on out there and do it. Don't worry about good habits, bad habits. How do you know what habits you have? Just go out there and do it. Have some fun. Understand it. Get get an enjoyment level. Uh, I agree with James. I, I supply every beginner. I've, I've had probably – 25, 30 people come out this year that have never held a golf club, do not own a golf club, so the rentals come out free of charge. Here's some balls I've found throughout the year that's in the bottom of my bag. Here, have them. Here's tees. Here's this. Here's that. Make it as welcome to them as possible. Uh, no matter what the direction, have them understand direction is, is really the third thing. I have them understand it. If you're going to face south, you can't expect the ball to go north. So let's just have <laughs> a general understanding of that. Yeah, And then no matter where the ball goes, it doesn't matter where it goes, have them fall endorphinately in love with impact. Have it become their drug of choice. As soon as they can feel impact and what that does and how it makes you feel, you're hooked. I don't care where the ball goes. If it goes east, west, yeah. north, south, it doesn't matter. As soon as that endorphin rush happens, man, I hit impact. As soon as they go, wow, you got, you're hooked. Why haven't you started? By yeah. now, come on, let's go play. I could be anywhere. Uh, and that's I get that question a lot in public places, and that's mm -hmm. really the four things I throw out as the checklist. Well said. Great, uh, great start as well, John. Uh, and Pete, what about you? Uh, if you're going to put a checklist together for, for um, a newbie, if you will, that's never played the game before but has expressed an interest, what are you going to uh, give uh, or advise him or her to, uh, to get a, a good running start? You know, it's funny you ask that because my son came to me one day and he said, you know, is there anything out there that from if you had somebody who's never played the game, you could hand them and it would you pretty much explain what has to happen? And I said, well, um, you know, I'm not sure, but why don't we create something? So, so we've actually been working on it. And, you know, I go back to, you know, the questions that I always do, and, and even in every, every shot or everything we're doing in golf, you know, what are we trying to do? And that's what I wanted to get them to understand first. This is golf. What are we trying to do here? How do we accomplish it? What's necessary to make it happen? And, and what do I need to get to make it happen? 
So, you know, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we go about it? And so we're putting together from start to finish, um, you know, here's a golf course. This is what it looks like. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is a par three, a par four, a par five. This is the, the common goals of what we're trying to do. This is a golf club. These are what we use. This is a golf ball. You know, so going from basic to somebody who's never seen it, never had it done, we're going through all the processes so that they can have something that's condensed into a, you know, a 20 or 30 minute, you know, short little video to show them this is golf. What are we trying to do? But they have an understanding of yep. what it is. And now once you've got that understanding, you know, where do we go to get started? And like John said, let's get that impact going because that's what's going to hook them. You know, you hear it all the time. Boy, I, I sliced 14 balls, but, man, I hit that one on 15 straight as a string. Boy, was that fun. You know, so um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really about, you know, getting, getting them to understand the concept. You know, and even as simple as – because I heard it all the time. I mean, when I was around John Jacobs, the first thing he always said is, what are we trying to do? We're over here in a bunker. What are we trying yep. to do? We're over here pitching. What are we trying to do? So, I mean, it's a great question to ask. And so you're starting off, you never played. Okay. So what are we trying to do here? What do we need to make it happen? Yep. So I think it's it, it's a great thing that needs to come about because we need to get more players into the game. And I think the, the, the simple, easy introduction that we can give them, give them access to the equipment. And, I you know, I, I, I'm just – amazed that no big company hasn't come up and, and just made equipment so easily available for beginners. It just baffles me that they haven't done that yet. I mean, they make new, they make 10 drivers every year, but they can't come up with a simple set for beginners. It, it just makes me crazy, yeah. but you know, the equipment should be easily accessible and affordable for the beginners. And, and they ought to be able to be pushing this out the window that we can, we can get these things to them to make it easier for them to play. Heck, it should be a ve- it should be cheaper for all of us. Never mind just the beginners. I mean, when you yeah, look at I the cost of some of yeah. the equipment, it should be it should be available. I don't care what discounts we get or not. But um, yeah, do I buy point, this driver or pay my mortgage? You know, I don't know which one I should yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Month. Exactly. And unfortunately, some people make the wrong choice, and and uh, but we won't go there. Um, great, great <laughs> answers, guys. Um, and, and I just want to. It's just throw out a couple things as well um, as I as I always do. But I think one of the first questions that I want to ask uh, somebody in that position is is and and a great person that has really helped me to think about this is uh, is my co-host on the Women of Golf Show on Tuesday mornings, and that's uh, LPGA professional Cindy Miller. And one of the first questions that she asks a lot of her new students is why. You know, why do you want to play? Why are you there? What What is it that you want to get? And I think when you answer or are able to understand the answer to that, for instance, you know, somebody might want to play because it looks interesting, it looks like fun. Maybe somebody is involved in a business that a lot of their uh, peers are involved with and have they've seen the, bus- uh, the, the advantages and the benefits um, that they gain from, from having golf in their repertoire. Um, maybe it's it's a wife whose spouse plays uh, a lot on weekends, and she wants to find a way of of drawing closer and and finding an activity that she knows he likes that maybe would be fun that they could both do together, maybe on a vacation or just um, you know w- when the time uh, permits. So there's a lot of uh, you know answers to the why, and I think when we understand that um, why the individual is interested in the game in the first place. Then we want to make it, as, as we've all talked about here, is we want to make it as simple as possible for them to be engaged. 
Um, and, and as you all pointed out, I mean, it's great that, you know, we can provide equipment for them up front uh, to be able to use to, uh, to test it out. I mean, certainly we don't want to be jumping in and getting somebody to buy a bunch of equipment and then finding out uh, a month later they're really not that interested and now they've spent, you know, made this uh, the small investment. So, you know, we want to get their, their feet wet, so to speak. So, um, and, and as John said, we want to do it in such a way that we get them hooked so that we can get them um, to see some um, early success. They're certainly not going to you know, win the, the Masters or, or the PGA or what have you right off the bat, unless they've got some God-given talent we don't know about. But we want to get them excited about wanting to play. So, you know, if I was to put to, uh, together a checklist after understanding the answer, I would want to, and there's a lot of good books out there uh, and a lot of good information, whether they search for it online or what have you, or they sit down and talk with their local uh, golf professional or coach, um, with some of the basics of golf in general, you know, how is the game played? Where is it played? What's involved? What's the purpose of the game? Um, you know, that type of thing so that they get a general understanding. How do I handle myself? Uh, you know, when I get to the golf course, what do I do? Do I tip? Do I not tip? And there's a lot of questions that believe it or not, many beginners and in even early amateurs haven't a clue. And so they kind of need to sort of be led around a little bit. And, and so I think it, it's, it would be a great um, advantage for any golf professional out there that may be listening to put together some kind of a checklist like that and, and, and put together some very general things. I mean, before we even get out in the lesson tee, let's put some general information together to help people understand what the game is entailed uh, about, what's, what's involved in the game, how it's played, how do you handle yourself at the golf course? What you, you know, where do you go? Uh, where do you, you know, where do you drop off your, your clubs if, if you're a new person to that, that course? A lot of people don't know those questions. And they might seem very simple to you and I, uh, guys, but there's a lot of people out there uh, who, who haven't, especially a lot of women who are new to the game um, because they're at a little bit of a disadvantage. Women have not been playing, uh, certainly on an amateur level, as long as, as men have. So they're still fairly new uh, to this arena. So the more that we can help them, the more comfortable we can make it, um, the more likely they're going to want to engage and be involved. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot of good things that we've talked about here tonight uh, as far as getting people started. And we're going to even expand on that more uh, in 2018 when we bring back Coach's Corner uh, in March of 2018. So I'm glad that you guys were on here tonight. Uh, to help me uh, close out the, the 2017 season. Uh, as always, you guys are, are uh, great on the panel, and uh, you guys just bring so much uh, knowledge and, and uh, expertise and professionalism uh, to this program, and it's, uh, I can't thank you enough, and, and I do appreciate uh, uh, helping to, to really make this show first class, and, and thank you guys for that. So um, in, in order, I'm going to give uh, John, James, and then Pete uh, the last couple of minutes each just to let the folks know if they want to reach out and any closing thoughts you'd like to make. Uh, John, go ahead, and then um, James, and then Pete. Sure. Uh, first off, Ted, thank you for the opportunity. It's always fun getting on here no matter who I'm on with. James, Pete, always great to be on with you guys. It's always a fun time. We cut up and really put it in all perspective for everybody. I, I definitely appreciate your humor, your enthusiasm, but more importantly, everybody's passion, and I, and I appreciate that. As far as reaching me, it's John at John Hughes Golf, obviously www.johnhughesgolf.com, uh, 
all my social media is basically the same thing. For a 2018 wish, uh, one of the things that Vic Williams at Golf Tips asked all the top 30s is, what would you wish for people into 2018? And what I basically wished for to sum it up was more time for people to spend playing golf, whether it's practicing, playing, it doesn't matter, but also for the realism to understand where golf is in your life. Where's the priority? Is it first? Is it fifth? Is it 50th? doesn't matter what it is to be realistic within that priority, uh, but always make it a part of your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be your lifestyle, but it's certainly something that if you enjoy should always be a part of of some part of your week at the very least, or maybe your month, but be realistic about it based on your, on what your life priorities are. And I want to wish everybody a, a one great happy holiday, uh, no matter what your faith, no matter what you believe in, this is a time of year that everybody sort of sits back, takes inventory, puts the list together for 18. Don't put a list together for 18, put a do list together this is what i will accomplish Mm -hmm. and next year at this time look back at it see what you're able to do if you didn't get something done put it on for next year but don't forget about it and constantly look at it as a reminder of what your potential can be well said um thank you for that um james yes uh, i will reiterate uh Absolutely love coming on and being on the show with you and tonight with John and Pete. Uh, truly an honor uh, and appreciate you uh, having me be involved. Uh, so much fun. Uh, James Kyle and my academy is called James Kyle Golf Academy, which I operate at East Lake Woodlands Country Club, which is in Old Mar, Florida, just to the west of uh, Tampa area. And, uh, you know, love what John just said, uh, you know, 2018, you know, set goals and uh, set realistic goals and and stick to them and, and make good choices and get out to the golf course, uh, you know, and, you know, try to play a little bit more and, and not only just yourself, but, you know, grab a friend and, uh, and, and grab your wife and, and your kids and, you know, get out there and experience it. If they're not experiencing it, try to get, you know, your friends and family out there to uh, see how wonderful golf is. And, uh, Ted, thank you again. You're always welcome. And, uh, Pete, uh, last but not least, uh, any final thoughts? And then share with the folks if they want to reach out. Well, first of all, Ted, I'd like to thank you for having this platform. It's great for us to come on. Um, you run a terrific show. You ask great questions, and you handle all of the people that come on the show with, with grace, and 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 really do a fantastic job. So I want to thank you for for allowing us to have this forum to do this, and 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 again thank John and, and James. Um, it's always great to chatting with them and, and being on the show with them, and 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 listen to, to all the great wisdom that they have. And I would say, you know, for everybody for 2018, you know, just. You, you know, golf is golf is a great game, and it's been a great game to a lot of us. And it's just, you know, look at what you want to do, look at what you want to accomplish, set your goals, and, and go out and grab them, and go get them. Uh, it, it's out there for the taking. So you can you can improve as much as you want to improve, and 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of information out there. So, you know, go ahead and, and, and look at it and, and, you know, achieve what you want to achieve. And they can find me at plainsimplegolf.com. All my information is out there. Uh, we're revamping the, the website and hopefully it's going to be up and running here in, in the next, uh, the next seven to 10 days with all new platforms. So it, it's, uh, I'm excited for that. And there's going to be a lot of great information that the people can come in and, and look and see. So um, again, plain P L A N E simple golf. So, you know, it's all out there. And, and, and again, Ted, uh, thanks. Uh, really appreciate it. It's really an honor being on the program. Well, as always, guys, I appreciate you. Um, and, and thank you, uh, all three of you, for, for your kind words. Um, you know, when I started this journey um, a few years back, uh, believe it or not, guys, we're going into the sixth season for Golf Talk Live. Awesome. And, wow. um, you know, yeah, it's, yeah <laughs> it's hard to believe that, you guys have put up with me for that long, but thank you for doing so. Um, but, um, you know, I've really enjoyed it and, and really the time has, has flown by and we've had, you know, there's been a, it's been a learning curve for me. This was something, you know, which was really kind of funny. I'll share a very quick story and then I, I know you guys all want to go. You've had long days. Um, you know, when I first started this broadcast, um, you know, just almost six years ago now, uh, it really started out with an idea of what we were talking about earlier. I saw so many of the different platforms and social media where people were uh, conversing and having conversations, and I thought, you know what, um, we need a p- another platform that we can actually verbally communicate instead of just you know typing 140 characters or what have you, or you know popping in an emoji or whatever the case was. Uh, I wanted to create a platform and a show that would. Uh, showcase some of the, the wonderfully talented individuals, uh, both male and female, in the golf industry, and not only use it as a platform to exchange information among ourselves, but also uh, to the masses out there that are tuning in. And the audience is, has just grown exponentially over the last several years. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed uh, at really the numbers that have been, been coming in this last season and from all over the globe. So there's people tuning into this show from every corner that you, you could imagine um, and, 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 quite, and, and quite good numbers. So I'm very pleased with that. And it just goes to show that when you put together a product um, that is, you know, put together with, with thought and, and, and um, you know, you're willing to showcase other people. As I've said many, many times, this program is not about me. It's not about, you know, getting more likes on Facebook or, you know, getting more friends or, or things like that. This is really about showcasing the many talented people out in the industry. And I'm just simply uh, using my voice to help make that happen. And I think that the more that we share and pool our resources together to help one another, I think the more successful we can make this industry and ultimately the more successful we will all be. So on that note, uh, as I close with you guys, I've got a few more minutes. I want to say some other thank yous uh, along the way. Um, I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and and happy holidays and particularly a happy new year. And I will be sending out uh, not only to you guys, but to uh, many of the other coaches that may be tuning in tonight, uh, either now or later on, Uh, we'll be sending out the 2018 coaches corner schedule here in the next few days um, so make sure that you check your dates. Um, I will put in the email, of course, uh, what the parameters are. We're going to have a great season next year. A um, couple things that we didn't get through this year, we're going to get to next year. And one of them is we're going to have some more special guest panelists uh, added into the mix that are going to come with specific uh, areas of the game that we're going to focus on. So we're going to have more of that next year and uh, some other great uh, surprises along the way. So. Uh, make sure that you guys tune in. But again, guys, uh, John and, and Pete and James, thank you very much uh, for 
all that you have done, not only for the industry, but for this show. I, I appreciate it very much, and God bless each and every one of you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, uh, too. All right. Have a great one, guys. I will see you next year. Yeah. Good night. You Thank got you. it. Take care. All right. Good night. Good night. All right, that was my very uh, special guest on the final Coach's Corner panel of 2017, uh, Mr. John Hughes uh, from johnhughesgolf.com and uh, James T. Kyle from the James uh, Kyle Golf Academy and, of course, uh, Pete Buchanan, uh, founder and owner of Plain Simple Golf, LLC. Um, just uh, I can't emphasize enough how, how much these guys have contributed to the show over the last several years. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, uh, we're going to be creeping into our sixth season here on Golf Talk Live. So very, very excited. I, I want to just send out a quick thank you to a number of others. And I'm going to start with the Coaches Corner panelists, um, some others that have been on the show over the last year, and actually some of them over the last several years. Uh, just a very quick shout out to all of them and just uh, share my appreciation. Um, in addition to the group that was on tonight, uh, another favorite and, and a long-standing guest on the show, uh, Mr. Clint Wright, uh, a PGA 30-year member and um, a partner in the TGM uh, Golf Group and a founder of, uh, a proponent of the R3 approach. Uh, thank you, Clint, for all you do. Mr. Peter Agazarian, uh, he's PGA and TPI certified teacher professional out of the Taconic Golf Club and uh, newly head coach uh, of the golf coach, rather, of the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. Um, has been a new position that he's taken on this year. Also, my good friend out in California, Jamie Leno-Zimron, LPGA professional and founder of uh, Kiai Golf, uh, the Kiai Way. Thank you, Jamie, for all of your support. Uh, another great PGA master professional in instruction and Class A, uh, LPGA Class A member is Allison Kurt from Allison Kurt Golf. Thank you, Allison, for all of your continued support on the Coach's Corner panel over the years and also for being a guest. Uh, Mr. Brian Dobby, the PGA professional at the Montclair Golf Club up in New Jersey. Uh, Chuck Evans, founder and owner of Chuck Evans Golf, and uh, also John Dunnigan, a PGA Master Teaching Professional uh, for John Dunnigan Golf. Uh, also Bill Abrams, PGA Golf Professional at uh, Bill Abrams Golf. Uh, another good friend and uh, regular contributor on the panel, uh, uh, Coach's Corner panel, John Decker, uh, Teaching Professional at the New Albany uh, Country Club and also an author uh, as well. Uh, Mike Fay, uh, PGA Professional at Boyne Golf Academy in Michigan. Uh, also, Brandon Stukesbury, PGA Director of Instruction at Isle Hour Country Club in Georgia. Paul Castor, uh, golf instructor at Paul Castor Golf. Uh, Tom Patry. Tom uh, is a top 100 teacher in America and founder and owner of TPI Golf Services, a uh, great teaching professional. Uh, also, uh, some those in the fitness end of uh, the golf industry as well, uh, Ms. Catherine Roberts, founder and CEO of Yoga for Golfers. Uh, she's also been a regular contributor uh, here over the last year. Uh, Brett Cohen, who was not only a contributor, uh, but one of the special panelists as well this year on the Coach's Corner. Uh, Brett Cohen, of course, is a certified golf fitness instructor. And also Bob Foreman, another good friend and regular contributor, uh, not only the Coach's Corner panel, but on the program as well. Uh, he's also a certified golf fitness instructor. So thank you to all of you guys and all of the others. Uh, John Weir as well, a great PGA professional. Uh, thank you for all of your hard work uh, in helping to make this show uh, really what it has become, uh, really a, a great success. And, and I thank you for particularly uh, really bolstering the uh, Coach's Corner panel. You guys have done a fantastic job. And we're going to have, as I mentioned a, a moment or two ago, we're going to have a great 2018 on the Coach's Corner panel. Uh, you should be receiving the email shortly uh, letting you know uh, about the new schedule. So uh, please keep an eye out for that. Uh, happy holidays to all of you. Merry Christmas and all of the best. I want to also recognize uh, some of the guests as well that have been on the show. 
Uh, I think that they uh, are due uh, their recognition. Uh, Mr. Barry Goldstein, uh, a number uh, golf professional as well for many, many years, and his lovely daughter, uh, Carly Goldstein as well, who was a graduate from LSU Women's Golf uh, and soon to be on her way, I'm sure, to uh, a, a professional career here very shortly uh, on the golf uh, women's golf arena. So we'll be looking for her. Thank you, uh, Barry and Carly, for all of your continued support. Uh, Mr. Bernie Pinder from Ontic Golf. Uh, not only has been a guest on the show, but a great supporter of the program as well. Thank you for all of your continued support uh, and being a guest on the show. Alicia Larson, uh, LPJ professional and founder of Gratitude Golf LLC. Thank you for all of your uh, contributions. And she's going to be joining also on the Coach's Corner panel in the new year as well. So we'll keep an eye out for her. Uh, Eddie Marins, uh, the little pro, legendary golf teacher, uh, was a recent guest uh, a few months ago uh, on the show. Uh, just a great guest. He's going to be joining me again in the new year uh, at some point as well. So thank you for all of your uh, input uh, in the show uh, earlier or later part of this year, and I look forward to having you back again. Uh, also, Dennis Jordan, uh, the golf dude in the basement, you may recall him. Uh, he's been a great follower of the show and, and, and uh, gave uh, some great input. Uh, this is a gentleman, of course, that uh, met with some tragedy a few years ago uh, and uh, has basically been rebuilding his life uh, and using golf as as a way of doing that and uh, has just done a phenomenal job uh, in recovering through some very traumatic injuries and is now reaching out and helping many others. So he's going to be coming on again next year and sharing some great uh, stories and, and continuing on his journey. So thank you, uh, Dennis, for all of your uh, hard work and, and uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, having your input into the show as well. Uh, also, uh, a special thank you to the late uh, but legendary PGA member Billy Casper. Uh, thank you, Billy. Um, we wish you were still here, and uh, I, I will say it then, and I said it again now, what a, a great honor it was to have you as a guest on my show, uh, one of the first really, truly um, legendary players that uh, I had the honor of, of interviewing on the show. Um, one of the first years, actually, I aired Golf Talk Live. Uh, he was very giving of his time, and, and I certainly sorely missed, uh, not only by the golfing world, but by his family. Uh, speaking of which, also my good friend, uh, as a result of that interview, uh, his uh, one of his sons, Byron Casper, who is also a golf professional, a teacher, uh, and a friend of mine. Uh, thank you, Byron, for all of your continued support of the show and for, for stepping up and coming on and, and really helping uh, many golfers out there uh, reach their best potential by some of the great tips and stories that you shared. So thank you, Byron, and I look forward to having you come back again in 2018. Um, also, Tiffany Fitzpatrick, uh, founder and CEO of Black Girls Golf, uh, just doing some phenomenal uh, work. Uh, she, of course, was referred to me uh, by another uh, gentleman by the name of Rick Lucas. He was the director of the PGA Golf Management Program at Clemson University, uh, and he is also working with Tiffany uh, in her project. But thanks, guys, for, for coming on the show and sharing your stories and, and uh, educating uh, the many listeners uh, out there. Also, Mark June, head coach at the Chattanooga men's golf team, Go Mox. Uh, thanks for coming on and sharing, and he's going to be coming back as well. Uh, in the new year, so look forward to that. Uh, also, uh, a great PGA professional, a European Tour member, uh, Andrew Bravant, who also is now a teacher and a coach up in the New York area. Andrew is going to be joining me as well in the new year again on on a uh, future show. Uh, so thank you for all of your uh, thoughts and input and sharing some great stories, and I look forward to having you come back uh, on the uh, show next year as well. Mark Sweeney uh, uh, from Aimpoint. Uh, who came on the show as well. Uh, thanks uh, for all of your input and keep up the great work. You've got a great system there and, and I know it's helped many, many players improve their putting. 
Uh, Peggy Rhodes-White, of course, founder of the Ted Rhodes Foundation. Uh, as most of you have known, if you followed the program for any, any length of time, uh, Ted Rhodes, of course, was uh, one of the early pioneers, uh, African-American golfers who really paved the way for many, many players, uh, including um, Charlie Sifford, uh, Lee Elder, and, uh, of course, Tiger Woods more recently, uh, and many, many, Calvin Pete, many of the others. Uh, he really paved the way, and Peggy, of course, being his daughter, uh, has come on the show and is uh, always uh, working to raise funds through the foundation to help other uh, young African-Americans uh, that want to take part in this game and helping them get a foothold um, and doing so through her foundation. So uh, thank you, Peggy Rhodes-White, for all of your uh, support uh, of the show and for being uh, my special guest uh, over the years. Uh, Wally Armstrong uh, had the first time of uh, interviewing him this year. He's a lifetime PGA member. Uh, he's been all over the Golf Channel over the years. Uh, he's been a great uh, asset to the business and the game, and it was an honor to have. I've, I've followed him for many, many years, and it was truly an honor and pleasure having him on the show uh, uh, this year as well. And I look forward to uh, having him join me again uh, in the new year. Uh, also, Peter Kessler, uh, legendary golf announcer, also affectionately known as The Voice. Peter, of course, uh, came on the show uh, fairly recently as well. Uh, been a big fan and follower of Peter, and actually... Uh, something that I shared with him, and, and uh, uh, I'll share it with you. Uh, Peter was one of the reasons, even though we had never spoken and have never met uh, prior to uh, him coming on the show, was uh, really uh, instrumental in me doing this program um, for, for a number of reasons. Obviously, uh, having the same name, Golf Talk Live, was purely coincidental, but uh, to a program that he uh, fostered on uh, the Golf Channel. Uh, some years ago, but he was, of course, a uh, an early pioneer in golf uh, television on the Golf Channel. In fact, he was the first um, uh, media person that, that uh, the Golf Channel had on their program and and uh, carried them, in my opinion, for many, many years with some great uh, interviews and great segments on the show. And uh, it was just a, a, a treat having him on. You're just a knowledgeable historian of the game and uh, definitely I'm going to have him come back, and, and uh, I appreciate all that you've done for the game and continue to do, and thank you for your kind words as well, Peter, uh, and your encouragement. Uh, Jay Ewing, CEO, Director of Instruction at the Bird Golf Academy, thank you, Jay, as well for your input. Uh, Alisa uh, Gaudet, founder of Women's Golf Day, uh, learning and trying to stretch this game in an area that really uh, has been one of the fastest-growing segments, uh, and that is women's golf, uh, in the industry for the last several years, and she's doing her part to uh, give it even a more international flavor uh, on an amateur level. Uh, obviously, the LPJ has done a phenomenal job professionally, um, but um, has just done a, a phenomenal job in, in spreading it through uh, other areas as well. Uh, also, a special thank you to the team members from uh, NY Sports Lab, uh, guys coming on here, getting into uh, you know a lot of the technical side of, of the golf swing and some of the biomechanics and uh, very interesting discussion with them. Uh, so thanks, guys, for all of your uh, input into the show, and I hope to have you back as well in the future. Uh, A.J. Bonner, uh, head teacher pro at the A.J. Bonner School, uh, a great gentleman. Again, first-time guest on the show this year. I enjoyed having him on, and I'm going to have him back uh, in the new year as well. Uh, I know he's uh, looking forward to coming back. And uh, Pat Roquet, of course, founder of Rock Your Golf, a uh, good friend, uh, has become a friend over the last few years um, through through this program and uh, just does a phenomenal job and, and really uh, give her a lot of credit in helping uh, new people 
uh, come to this game who have never played this game before. And she's actually one of the first people I know of that really put a checklist together to help people understand what golf is all about and how they can become involved in some of the many benefits of playing golf, not just on a personal level, but even as a business uh, person, some of the benefits that uh, can be obtained. So thank you, Pat uh, Roquet, for doing that. And lastly, I want to give a special thank you to um, someone that's become a good friend over the last few years and is my co-host on the uh, Women of Golf show, which airs Tuesday mornings here on the blogtalkradio.com num- uh, network. And, of course, I'm talking about LPGA professional and Legends Tour player uh, Cindy Miller, uh, as well as her husband, uh, Alan Miller. Um, I- I'm giving a special thank you to Cindy because, uh, you know, she's just done a phenomenal job in, in helping to uh, attract some great talent to the Women of Golf show. Uh, she's just uh, a grinder when it comes to this uh, industry, uh, not only out there giving her best uh, many times out on the golf course as an LPGA professional and all, now more recently a Legends Tour player, uh, but just really goes that extra mile in, in helping people understand and, and um, just learning to play this game and having fun at it. So thank you, Cindy, for all that you do, not only for the many thousands of people out there that you work with, uh, on a yearly basis, but also thank you for me um, for bringing some great talent to the Women of Golf Show and uh, for always uh, bringing your best each and every week. And I look forward to working with you again in the new year. Um, and certainly last but not least, I want to thank all of you, the listeners, um, who have uh, began following, who have continued to follow, and hopefully will continue to follow uh, as we move into a new season. Um, thank you to all the listeners. And it's really uh, all of you who have tuned in from literally all over the globe, uh, it's your faithful um, support of the show each and every week that really helped make Golf Talk Live a first-class show. And uh, I, I have, as you've uh, heard over the last few moments, a great amount of pleasure and enjoyment of having a number of highly talented coaches, uh, teaching professionals, authors, and entrepreneurs stop by. And together, combined with them and the listeners, um, I couldn't be happier with the results that we're getting with the show and uh, we'll continue to get in 2018. As I said uh, many, many times, uh, I'm going to say it again, I've uh, got a great 2018 series uh, coming up, a season coming up rather, uh, so you want to make sure you stay tuned in that. But in the meantime, what you can do is if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golftalklive, that will take you to the main page, and you can scroll down to the on-demand section. And tonight's show and all of the previously aired shows from their beginning uh, are in that archive section. You can listen to them if maybe you've missed some or maybe some that you haven't listened to in a while and you want to go back and uh, maybe there were some good tips on there or some great uh, conversation that you want to uh, listen to. Take this opportunity through the holidays to do that. Uh, listen to the many great episodes and many of the great guests that have been featured on Golf Talk Live, uh, both on and off the Coach's Corner panel and my special guests, of course. Uh, there might be some great tips in there for you that will help you with your game. Uh, and at the very least, uh, hopefully they'll be entertaining. So uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live. You can also go into iTunes.com or Stitcher.com or even TuneIn.com. It's available there as well. Just go onto the podcast section and just type in golf talk live or women of golf. Uh, and that will take you to both of those uh, programs broadcasts are featured there as podcasts in those three medium forums and obviously on blog talk radio women of golf is also there just add a forward slash women of golf after the blog talk radio.com and you can scroll through the women of golf archive as well um, just a, a final thank you to some of the sponsors supporters uh, mr jonathan laird from southcoastgolfguide.com 
visit that website and you can get your hot little hands on a great uh, publication that's here in the southeastern part of the United States from literally from Texas all the way over here to the northwest part of Florida and all states in between. Some great courses that you might want to play. Uh, you can go on and get a lot of the information off the website, but if you want a copy of the guide and you're not living in this area, uh, through the website you can contact Jonathan Laird and he will make sure that a copy is sent out to you. Um, and if you're planning on a trip coming here to the southeastern part of the United States to play some great golf uh, this winter, you want to get your hands on uh, hot little hands on a copy of uh, the South Coast Golf Guide. So go to southcoastgolfguide.com. Thanks again, Jonathan. Uh, Meredith Kirk from Meredith Kirk Golf out in the Myrtle Beach area. Go to meredithkirk.com is her website. All the great information there. Meredith, of course, is a great LPGA teach professional and just a great young lady uh, all the way around. And if you're out in the Myrtle Beach area, you certainly want to look her up uh, if you want some help with your game. Uh, Niffy, uh, Nikki and Tiffany Litherland. Uh, Niffy, uh, Nikki, gosh, um, you know I'm getting tired now. Uh, Nikki, of course, is a great golf professional and his lovely wife, Tiffany uh, Litherland, have been great supporters of the show and uh, have really um, been, as I said, supporters of the program. Uh, I know I've mentioned in the past about getting Nikki on the show, and he has promised he's going to do it. He's uh, had some personal issues over the last couple of years that has prevented him from doing that, and uh, but things are, are looking much better for him. So we'll see if we can get him on in 2018 if he'll be ready to do that. But uh, thank you guys for all your continued support. Bernie Pinder from Ontic Golf, as I mentioned earlier, and lastly, Sean Kelly, uh, owner of LinkedGolfers.com. Thanks, guys, for all of your uh, support of the program. Uh, I look forward to uh, being on air on February 6th for the Women of Golf and February 8th for Golf Talk Live. So until then, everybody, have a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, God bless, and thank you very much for all of your continued support, and I look forward to... Uh, being on air next year right here on Golf Talk Live. Have a great weekend, every and a great safe and happy holiday.